0: welcome to the agile confessional a podcast that shares fun confessions from people who've spent a large part of their career working in the agile world hear the mistakes they've made along the way so you can avoid falling into the same traps in the future i'm your host giles lindsay ceo of agile delta Consulting. I'm the coach who absolves my guests of the sins made in the agile world it's time to listen in on the latest installment welcome to episode eight of the agile confessional
1: today's guest is chris stone hi chris hi there Charles. thanks for having me here today and thank you for hearing my confession of course chris is the virtual agile coach
0: and a people first champion possessing over eight years of experience within the it industry Chris facilitates a meetup titled The Agile Arcade, is a vlogger, speaker, coach, and trainer who always seeks to gamify content. He is currently writing a book titled The Virtual Agile Playbook that will be free.
1: Chris, shall we begin? Absolutely. And let me firstly say, forgive me for I have sinned. It's been many years since my last confession. And what Agile sins would you like to confess? Oh, where to start? And uh, this is a really interesting experience for me, Giles, because usually I'm the one taking the confession. Now, don't worry, I'm not a secret member of the clergy, but I do actually own a Pope outfit, and I've baptised many people in a paddling pool, and also administered penitent. Really? is In the form of alcoholic beverages for sins they may have committed or lack thereof sins. So it's an interesting experience for me to be on the other side of things today. But let me begin with cardinal sin number one for me, and, and this is one that's really topical right now. I have been guilty of calling people resources. Yes. Blasphemy. Absolutely blasphemy. I don't like this nowadays. I've, I've learned a lot from this. But in the past, I used to work as a project manager. And in fact, even when I converted into more agile ways of working, I would still use that term resources to mean people. It would all be about how many resources do we have? Oh, we're running behind on a project. Let's get some more resources in. I don't like it. I feel bad for having done it. And that is my cardinal sin today. And what did you learn from that? Well, I've learned over the years that people, they don't like being called resources. And the problem is, is if you wake up being told you're a resource day in, day out, you'll begin to act like a resource. It's a bit like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Whereas if you wake up being told you're a person, a knowledge worker, a piece of talent, something that is incredible, odds are you may start behaving in that way too. So it's definitely a learning for me. People don't like to be referred to as resources. Resources are chairs, they're tables, they're pens, they're paper. They're things you can mine out the ground. They're things that you can sweat and treat less than human. So it's a hugely important topic for me, and it's something I've very much been guilty of in the past. So what advice would you give to others Well, firstly, I would challenge when you hear people use that term, do so with empathy. Just ask them the honest question. What do you mean when you say resources? I did this recently with a CTO, and he was talking about the need for more resources. And I just asked politely, what did you mean by that? And after a little bit of discussion, it came out that he meant people. And I said, well, if you're going to refer to people as resources... This is what will happen. It will dehumanise them. They won't feel happy. They won't be motivated by it. So the only way I feel we can erode this is by challenging when you hear it. And not being the only person to challenge it and not being myself being that person. I would encourage others to do so also. So that's one of the things for me. Challenge it where you hear it. Because if you don't do anything, if you don't take any action, odds are people are still going to be unhappy with this situation in the future as well. Because it won't change. Fantastic. Chris, do you have any other sins
0: you would like to confess today?
1: Many more sins, but the one I would like to confess next is about my own dogmatism with applying agile principles. Whether that be the manifesto, uh, the wording of Scrum, there's many examples of dogmatism out there and I've been guilty of it too. I have, as an example, uh, lamented a fellow Agile coach who perhaps wasn't you know, using the exact wording of the manifesto. They were talking a good talk. They were talking about being people-centric and customer-first, but they weren't quite doing it in the way I thought it should be done. So I was being dogmatic about it. And rather than perhaps trying to help them understand how they were coming across, how it could be better, I was taking that manifesto itself and applying it as some sort of religious doctrine, this holy Bible, thou shalt not question it. And I've very much been guilty of that. So what did you learn from that then? For me, I've increasingly discovered over the years that I am more of an agile agnostic. I believe that we shouldn't be trying to copy and paste in some cookie cutter style, uh, the latest Spotify model or or any other framework out there. And actually what I'm more concerned with is helping companies and people understand their version of agile, what works for them. Because the problem is when you copy and paste these frameworks out there, safe being an example, and I don't like to use safe in particular, but it's an example. When you do that, you don't take into account the needs of the situation and, and the most important variable of all, the people and culture. So nowadays I aspire to listen and understand what's currently happening, where their pain points currently are, what they've tried before, and I try and help them through experimentation, discover what they could do. And that might be leveraging little bits of SAFE, little bits of Kanban, little bits of Scrum, little bits of any framework out there, until they ultimately discover works from them. And for me, Agile is therefore a tool belt, a tool belt of options that you could try to discover your own version of Agile. And for me, this is why I coined the phrase, innovate, don't replicate.
0: Fantastic. And therefore, what advice would you give to others about this particular thing?
1: So if you see this, if you see others committing this sin, don't judge, don't be harsh or rude about it, empathize, try and understand where they're coming from, perhaps speak to them, have a conversation to understand why it is that they're sharing things in that way, why they're behaving in that way. And ultimately, if we think back to the agile manifest and if we take it in the way I believe it was intended about being customer centric, we should really be asking ourselves, is this approach right for our customers? I've been saying for a while that if any of the scaling frameworks or frameworks out there were truly agile, they would include as part of their implementation plan a point that says, is this framework or approach even for our customer? Is it even right for them? There isn't a checkpoint like that. So if they're being truly agile, they should be doing that. And therefore, they shouldn't be trying to, I don't know, force feed their own approach, their own style on them. So I guess the advice I would give to any person out there who is feeling they've been guilty of this sin or they're seeing others doing it, listen, understand, empathize, and then try and enact change from that.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing that. So Chris, are you ready for your absolution and penance today? Yeah, I think I'm ready, Giles. Bring it on. Well, Chris, you're going to be very happy to hear that I absolve you of your Agile Sins shared here today and that your penance is going to be confessing your seven Agile Sins and the penance for each via a
1: video to create in November. Okay, I guess I've got three weeks to get going then. So thank you for hearing my confession. Thank you, Chris, for being grateful and for being here today. My pleasure.